Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to be with you guys for the post-sermon podcast. I have two of my dear friends, Donovan and Liam here, and we are so excited to dive into the first part of the Seven Letters Sermon Series. I just want to say hello to you guys, and I am excited to, to start. you guys anything you want to say before we get started? What's going on? Um, yeah, what's going on? Yo. A lot's going on, apparently. How are we? Um, so these guys have both been on the podcast before, so we're going to hop right in. I'm going to have uh, my brother Liam give just a little recap um, from the sermon so that we're able to hop right into our conversation. This sermon series on Revelation, specifically the seven letters to the seven churches, this is not a sermon series. The pastor makes it very clear to predict when the end times will come or what the end times will look like, which I appreciate because that can be very tiresome to me. This is about each of the seven letters, specifically today, the letter to Ephesus. And he talks about the history of Ephesus, what was going on culturally, how they were being oppressed by domination, sounds like in the name, um, how important— Dominated by domination. Yes, how powerful the church was in its speakers, Paul and Timothy, then John, who is writing this letter, through Christ, who is speaking into him. And then he goes through the letter. It's about seven verses, and that it is seven verses, how the church was strong through works and perseverance and knowledge, but they had abandoned their first love, being Christ. And then it talks about how they can, through remembering and repentance uh, and doing what they did at first, be uh, reunited with their love in Christ. And that's the sermon in as quick as possible. Mm, excellent work. Sermon in 35 seconds. Good job. Good. Pretty good stuff. Glad we chose you to do it. Yeah, seriously. He was like, mm, snap, 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 <laughs> done. So in light of that sermon, um, I know I was personally blessed and challenged by it. I want to hear some of your guys' takeaways um, from this sermon. I'm going to start with you, Donovan. Um, yeah, so um, my takeaway was, um, I know we're probably going to talk about this a little bit later, um, as we mentioned, but um, the, the parallel between um, delight and duty. I feel as though I have a lot to do um, when it comes to um, serving here at Crosspoint. And I just always like to go back to when, um, before I became a member, the stuff that they, they said that members have to do. And before I got saved, I was like, why do we have to come and do all of this? I thought we come to church, we hear the word, and we go home. But no, you got to serve, you got to do this, you got to meet people, you got to greet people. And it, and it kind of threw me for a loop. But when I got saved and I got tossed in and I began to serve, I felt that excitement. I felt like I was a part of the church growth and, you know, growing in my faith and, you know, helping out. Um, but there was also times where it's like, this is tiring. I don't yeah. want to do this. Yeah. Saturdays, I'm stressed out as soon as I wake up because I'm thinking about Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one of the things that challenged me to to not lose my, my, my first love, like when I first became a believer, not to lose the delight in Christ because I'm working so hard. Right. So that was like a challenge. Yeah. It's interesting. You made a point of almost like instead of the church being something I go to, the church became something you partook of. Right. And you are a partaker and a giver. Of. We own this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is me. Like right. I am the church with the church functioning out of a place of obedience. That's really good. Really appreciate that. Uh, Liam, what about you? I had a handful of takeaways and this sermon was incredibly challenging to me in that I feel challenged by it. One thing, it, the <laughs> relation was so direct from this letter to the church in Ephesus to what Paul had written to the Corinthians. I'm just going to read quickly. Everyone's already thought of what passed something. 
We're here for it. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, and it continues to talk about if you have knowledge, if you have faith, if you have works, if you're willing to be burned at this, like, doesn't say at the stake, but you're willing to be burned. And this church had all those things, but did not have love. They were resounding gong. They had nothing. And that is, that is a tough word. And it's a tough word from Christ the King. Um, so he's taken out a two-edged sword of his mouth, and he's about to slash somebody with his words. Yeah. And I got hit real hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so good. Of we think of we think of people who are doing things well, and we're like, they have to be doing them out of the right place. Like that has to be because we we see people who are doing things poorly, and we're like, yeah. man, what's trash in there? Like that's gonna be trash in there. But like. We humans are complex Mm -hmm. that the right thing with the wrong motivation is the wrong thing. And and yes, there's like things that we ought to do um, and things that we need to do. So kind of leaning into the delight over duty and love with duty. This conversation before this, we were talking and we were saying, man, it's like hard for us to understand because we we see that they did a lot of the right things. Mm -hmm. And so for you guys, what does it mean? to do the things you need to do from the right place. You want me to go? Yeah, go get it. Yeah, so I I think, you know, the more I do those things, the more my 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 heart posture grows in a way that, that Christ wants me to do it. Like when I look at a Sunday morning, I gotta do, I gotta get up there and facilitate. You know, I gotta I gotta teach kids. Then I come to a podcast, then I go to kids club. When I look at all those things, I'm like, oh, this is a hefty list. Um, and I'm um I, I feel some anxiety, I feel over the stress, but I pray. And once I begin to do it, uh, my heart starts to turn because, you know, God's grace is reminding me that I'm doing it for him, I'm not doing it for myself. Yeah. You know, so to for me to to do those things, it it, it gives me life and it gives yeah. me gives me yeah. the joy to remember who I'm doing it for. Yeah. So I just have to just get out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the sometimes the feelings are after mm-hmm. the moving forward, and so recognizing, man, I know that Gotta God put has my foot in that water. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and He says, "Don't worry, I will carry you, right. and I will teach you how to do it out of affection and for he, Me." He proves that every time. Like I know when we're when we're wrapping up Kids Club, you're always like, "Yo, how do y'all feel?" And I'm like, "Yo, I came in here stressed." Yeah. But I have more energy. And like, how do you do that? Well, obviously, it's, it's God's grace. Yeah. Right? Because I did not want to, I was thinking about it so much. And I did not want to do these things. But once I got in there, God began to give me more strength and more grace. And I just left the place praising him because of yeah. what he has done. Yeah. So I had to get out there and just do it. Yeah. That's so good. Um, what about you, Liam? <clears throat> I, the separation between duty and love is is a very blurry line in that it's not a line. It's it's a, a magnation of mock. And nice, nice words. It could be a real word, you don't know. <laughs> and um you can't you can't have one without the other. So in James he says, show me your um show me your faith without works. I'll show you my faith through my works. Mm-hmm. And when I think, and this pastor did allude to this, not allude to this, the pastor did um, show this when he was referencing his 
the birth of his relationship with his wife, Kathleen, and how he would leave flowers and they'd have handwritten notes and there was action through driving. And it wasn't, it wasn't a chore to him to drive 35 minutes that way and sometimes 35 minutes the other way and multiple times because he wanted this. It was a joy. It was a delight is the word he would use. Um, and what Donovan is saying, you know, it's, at first, it I may be intimidated by the day, but when I get into the work now, it's a delight. Yeah, ah, that's tough because if if I love someone, I'm serving someone. I I may not want to, but I know my duty says I am. And then once I get started, because I love them, I will serve with excellence. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still a duty. So, um. To not to pretend it's it's something it's just love, mm-hmm. and it's it's that's that's um, that's foolishness to me. Yeah. That's like hippie, dippy, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're making a, a really helpful I'll... point of saying like it is not just these feelings that we're stirring up. Mm-hmm. It's this reality that if you love me, you will keep my commandment. Right. But it's out of love that we're really able to say, God, you're changing me. You're giving me the desire for me to keep my commandments. Because the, the three of us in this room recognize we cannot change ourselves. That's right. We're absolutely the worst. Horrible. Categorically <laughs> not awesome. But Straight facts. we've been beloved mm-hmm. by a perfect and holy God who is changing us. Right. Who is making us more like him. And in our affection and our pursuit of him, he's changing our desires. And so, hey, get these kids around me. I'm excited to tell them about Christ because he's worth loving. He's worth giving up everything we have for. However, we don't feel that way all the time. And this church, when we think of them walking with Jesus, they said, I, I, captain. They did not say, man, I'm resting in the arms of my father who loves me, not because of the work that I do. Meaning I think there was this, we're, we're able to see from the passage, there is, I will do for you, but I'm not really concerned about how I feel about you. Mm-hmm. Well, they did, they were motivated by love at first. Otherwise they wouldn't be called back to their first love. Mm-hmm. So they, they were, they started out really strong. And Ruth, I'm going to put you on the spot. We didn't prep for this. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So they're doing the other commandments really well, but they're not doing the first and greatest commandment. I'm happy I knew the answer to that. Right. I'm glad he didn't ask me. Sheesh. <laughs> I was like, uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, and it's another th- one thing that is reassuring about this passage before we move on is I read this and I feel bad for this church because they are, they are literally trying their best. They're giving their best effort. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, but they're, they're not succeeding. And, but it also talks about how they were able to repel false teachers. Right. And they, they could hear the shepherd's voice. So unlike some other people who God may have sent a, a prophetic word to, and they ignored him, like many of the Jewish kings, this church, they would have recognized, this is Christ. This is our Lord. This is the one we know. And he is telling us that we need to return to him. We need to repent and and not just work sacrificially, but also work out of love. 
And that is encouraging that they would have been able to see that um, in the way that we see this Bible and we all believe this is Christ. Um, and so we can see that. Right. And just to, just to add to that, um, we also got to remember and understand that when, when Christ calls us to do something, we don't do it in our strength. Right. He causes us to do something. He tells us, repent. He tells us to return. He tells us to do these things. Right. And we do these things not in our own strength. He helps us with these things. He doesn't say just repent and go do this. And he sits back and watches. Yeah. Right. He's with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He tells us to do something. He gives us the grace to do it. So I think even with that message that he sent to that church, he didn't leave them there. He walked with them. He knew that they would repent. Right. He walked with them. They repented. I don't know if they actually repented. Um, maybe we'll get to that later in the series. But there's not something that he just put on their plate and walked away from. Yeah. He said, I would, I would do these things with you. And I'm always reminded of Jude um, 24 and 25 when it comes to, you know, our faith in Christ and our salvation. It's not us that do it. It's not us that carries us, you know, and presents ourselves to the Father blameless. Where be the King? It's Christ who does it, yeah. right? So yeah, I think that's so good. And and we do. I mean, Amy Roth's really helpful point of like they had that affectionate zeal previously, and so they remember. And and I think when. Me and Liam previous to this we're talking about, we both came to know Jesus at a really young age. And so I don't look at when I was 11 years old sitting in that music room. I don't look at that moment of zeal, but there are moments where Christ has shown himself to be so real to me mm-hmm. that the outpouring of my life was affectionate obedience to him. And I look at like what I wanted to be doing then because I was so excited about the freedom that he gave me from sin or I was so excited about man like this God really loves me. I can believe it today. Because, you know, there are days you don't believe it. And there are days that he shows up and you really are like, oh, man, I believe it. I believe that he is. I mean, I'm still fresh. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm three years in the game. Yeah. So dude, and, like, we're, and we're so grateful. <laughs> so when he was asking, you know, us to go back, I was like, you know, I'm going back to yesterday. Yeah. You know, some people that I don't even remember where there was a switch. Mm-hmm. Like I, I talked to Sam Neitz one time and he was just like, man, I've been, I feel like I've been a Christian my entire life. Yeah. I don't remember when that switch happened. Mm-hmm. Right. But for me, it was like literally just like yesterday. I remember what I was doing, where I was at, what happened, how it felt. Right. And I really don't have to go back to those times because I feel like I'm still in that. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. And maybe. when you catch yourself being cold, what brings you back? What helps, I would say the language we talked about was, what helps stir our affections Mm -hmm. when duty becomes ultimate, even though we're doing good things? Right, right. Um, I think back back to that day um, when when Christ saved me. Um, I think back to, you know, what he saved me from, who he saved me from. He saved me from who I was. He saved me from my sin. And again, it feels like just yesterday, right? So when I feel overwhelmed with the stuff that we have to do on a Sunday, um, and then, you know, being worried about having to go to work home on Monday. Like, I don't have time to prepare for that. It's remembering who I'm doing it for, remembering, you know, who Christ has saved me from and, you know, what my life is for. Like, my life is to to glorify him and to live for him and enjoy him forever. Right. So I, I, I'm able to think about, you know, the day that he did that for me. Right. And I and I just put into practice what he, he tells me to do, knowing that he's going to be with me. Yeah, along those same lines, I I think of a similar thing. I used to listen to Switchfoot, and they had a song, We Were Meant to Live for So Much More. And mm-hmm. I. Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead, Liam. You guys can look it up. It's pretty good. Um, and I think that often 
because I'll be doing something that has been sold to me as this this is fulfilling this is something that you will um be in bliss and i may or may not be often not be and i'm reminded that i am we are not this is not our home we we were made to live in eternity with christ so that another one of the reasons i struggled so much with this passage and this sermon and then preparation for this podcast is i err on the side of duty often yeah um, if I'm supposed to do something and I don't feel like doing it, that, that means nothing. If I'm, if I'm counseling someone, one of my friends and they're like, well, this was the right thing to do, but I just, I just wasn't feeling it. I would say you stupid child. <laughs> and I would say that to my friends right now. Who's not a child. Who are not children. <laughs> and, but they, cause I'd say you, you're motivated by your emotions you're motivated by the here and now. You can't see past tomorrow. Even if you could see past tomorrow, you can't see into eternity. You have a God who's wiser and greater than you. Just do what he tells you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be a fool. But this is speaking to the danger of that philosophy. If you just are motivated by duty, just are motivated by loyalty and um, and the belief that, well, this is better because God said it's better, but there's no love there. The consequences are dire. Um, can lose one your use... church. You can lose your church. Well, you, you take can... your lampstand. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll lose their lampstand. Yeah. But in our lives, what do we lose mm. if that's that's all we do? I think it's not. We do lose. But more than what we lose, we grow in resentment. And the growing yes. in resentment is like what will kill all spiritual Absolutely. health. Absolutely. And it will kill all relational health. Of like, I am not married, and so I do not experience this, but I live with people who are married, and I've seen my parents' marriage. And I have, as a child, experienced people loving out of duty rather than out of affection. It's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing. And marriages end over it. Marriages who someone said, I'm just going to keep doing the right thing, but it's irrelevant what my heart is saying. Right, and I can, I can speak to that. Yeah. Um, um, I I would have been, I'm married going on four years. Um, in June, Woo-woo. and um, turn up and I love you, babe. Um, but my wife doesn't like to do the dishes. Um, so I do the dishes, right? And it was times I did the dishes out of love, like I want to serve my wife in washing these dishes. My hands are cracking. You can see them now. My hands are cracking because I always got my hands in water. But there's also been times where I'm like. I'm doing these dishes because I know that she won't do them. So I don't know if I cleaned the dishes well enough. I may have slammed the dish too hard. Or I may have dropped something by accident on purpose, throwing it in the trash, or we won't have any dishes for me to wash next time. But when I did those things, right, (laughs) when I did those things out of duty and not out of love of serving my wife, you know, picking up the slack and helping her, I didn't do it in the right way. And that kills, you know, a relationship because now she's wondering why I'm mad I'm not telling her. Because I feel like she should know, mm-hmm. right? So when I'm doing those things out of love, that's I want to serve my wife. Yes, it hurts my wife's back to stand up by the sink and do dishes. So I'm doing this to alleviate that stress that she may have, and I'm doing it out of love. And everything is better when you're doing it that way. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the church when people serve in the church because this happens where someone will be serving, they'll be serving actively on the outside, like this church. It's like, wow, that person's killing it. Yeah, awesome. Then all of a sudden, boom, that person's out. And you're like, what happened? What What happened? (laughs) You'll call your boy and be like, hey, man, 
um, what's going on? I haven't seen you in three months. It's weird that I haven't called in three months. Hopefully, we'll call earlier than that. And they'll say, well, I wasn't feeling it, and I've been feeling this way for a long time. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they've been building this resentment, but they, they didn't communicate it effectively. And they were serving out of duty, not out of love. Yeah. So for those of you that are listening and you serve in the church, if you are in a role that is like, you're like, well, I want to serve and I know I'm supposed to serve. So I'll just, I'll just do this, but I really don't want to do this. And I don't see how this is helping the kingdom or the church. And I'm just, just doing it. Um, don't do that. You're, you're, please communicate to the, your leaders that that is not what supposed to do. You're probably not supposed to serve there anyway. Someone, you're thinking, well, if I don't do it, no one will do it. Not true. If you don't do it, someone will do it. And because you don't, you're not doing out of love, they'll do it better than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then you can serve in an area where you can serve with excellence, um, that God has empowered you to serve. Yeah. Um, So that's just something that is affecting the local church, like that church, like our church today. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I think going off of we had we we're gonna bring this back a little bit full circle. Going off of moments where like I've experienced a place where I could love and serve out of a place of affection and joy. I had moments where I did the worst job you could at a summer camp. I was the dish pit manager, and I was the hospitality. What is that? That means I cleaned every dirty dish in this nasty dish pit, and then. I cleaned other people's sheets. Do you know how? Do you know how to fold a fitted sheet? You Absolutely don't, not. You just don't do it. And so I had a whole summer trying to pretend to learn how to fold a fitted sheet. But during that time, Jesus met me in such a unique way mm-hmm. that my physical labor, he was like, This is your love for me. Right. This physical labor. And so Glory it's not the king. It's not always that we're in something that we're like, man, I'm using every gift I've got. I'm a horrible fitted sheet folder i mean the worst of all you see how small my arms are those were large sheets t-rex arms i got, Yo. I got baby-sized arms i'm a baby-sized human being i'm two inches for being a legalized midget not a big deal just told you that guys for free it's a little deal it's, like, <laughs> it's just a small little deal but because christ was stirring my affections and i was able to say this is me putting on my towel and cleaning the feet of others. And I was reminded, thinking of Jesus doing that for me, it's the outpouring of my heart. And I didn't grow in bitterness. I had moments where I could have, but he would say, this is for me. You clean for me. You feed for me. You try to fold fitted sheets for me. Right. And so it's it's the person we're loving, yeah, the not the thing we're loving. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I wasn't just saying that we need to be talented in whatever area because God will take someone who's not talented, but if they're doing out of love, then he will, he will provide the excess. Totally. Um, And the same is true with this Ephesian church. What my expectation is they were working in excellence and they might've become prideful and thought like, well, I'm the only one who can do this role Mm -hmm. because I'm the most prepared for this job. Mm -hmm. And that is absolute foolishness. You think God can't replace you with someone half as talented as you and do the job a hundred times better. Yeah. Come on, son. So good. So good. Um, and, and we also talked about like when we first come to know Jesus or we feel like the Lord first gets our affections, what are some of the like practical habits that came out of those spaces for you? 
I know. I know. For me, it was uh, making sure I was here, yeah. um, at church. Um, I was participating. I was around, you know, um, Christ Center community. Yeah. I'm just getting around people. It's always my story for me. Always going back to, you know, again, you know, who Christ saved me from, and then getting around other people and hearing their stories as well, and growing, you know, and my love and affections for Christ because I, what I'm seeing. Christ doing other people's lives. It's not just me that he saved. But when I'm sitting next to somebody in this church that, you know, Christ has touched, he's brought them from somewhere. And I always get more, you know, energy from from hearing those stories and having those conversations with the people. So those like that's like one of the practical things I do. Like if it's not a Sunday, let's say it's the beginning of the week, I go to fellowship at home. Yeah. Right? And I'm I'm with, you know, my brothers or sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're, you know, opening up God's word. And we're just fellowshipping one another. Yeah. And everything is pointed to the one who saved us. Yeah. Actively staying around. Absolutely. The ministry of showing up. The ministry of showing up. Yeah. So good. So good. So good. Um, Real quick, as we're speaking to uh, audience, if you are, answer this question for yourself. What stirs your affection for Christ? So you can pause this, think what, what is that does that? And then have you been actively participating in that? Right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Liam. And now you're back. Uh, for me, I I was given a prayer journal going into college, and it is just a really rewarding experience for a variety of reasons. And I encourage others to take part in it. It's fun, and it's a way to organize my thoughts and prayer. But also, I can look back, and I really like doing this when I'm struggling at prayer journals from years past. And see how God has intervened in my life. And when I write these prayers, I often feel whiny. And it, But when I look back, I don't read that way. It's just weird. They read as thanking my father who loves me. Um, not as a servant, although I serve him because I, I want to serve him, but as a son. Um. Yeah, and then and then community is, is huge. Worship, there's... God, God provides. I mean, we live in a beautiful world uh, where there are a lot of things you can look up at the stars and be in awe and think, "Wow, this is a this is a mighty God." Amen. And I, I'm so not mighty. That's so good. Um, I was telling both my brothers, I am a terrible singer, and I'm very below average at playing guitar. Mm. But I agree. Something. That I'm the same way. <laughs> I agree that Donovan I'm... Donovan <laughs> also serves in ministry with me and does know that I'm bad at singing. Yeah. Um, children were crying in the nursery as I was singing lullabies to them. It's okay. Not a big deal. But I experience expressing my affection in song to Jesus because we sing to the things that we love. Right. And that's I me. Mean, it's been just a real easy application of even when I'm reading my Bible out of duty, I will read a passage and then I will sing what I am learning to get myself out of my head and say, I love a person, right. not an idea and not a thing, a person who I have affection for. Mm-hmm. Let me sing to remind myself that I deeply love him and he deeply loves me. Amen. So whatever that is for you, as Liam says, we'd encourage you, find those things because God cares about what you do but he cares about the heart behind what you do just as much. And I think that's really the heart of this sermon is that our hearts can't be far from him. Um, And we see Jesus rebuking the Pharisees 
for their hearts being far from them. They were people of duty, but they were not people of affection. Right. And mm-hmm. they missed Jesus because of it. And we don't want to miss Jesus. We don't want our lampstands taken away. Mm-hmm. And we do not want to miss Jesus. That That's is right. a scary, scary reality, becoming a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. And then they've, they've wasted their life in duty to a fake God of their own creation. To accomplish nothing. Because I think even as... And I think that's an even a reminder for us as humans because we have a natural bent toward doing stuff, you know, for acceptance. Yeah. Right. And that could point us to the gospel that Jesus Christ has literally done everything we need for God's acceptance so we can rest and we can delight, you know, in who Christ is and what he has done for us, knowing that we don't have to do anything to be loved by God. We won't work for love. We work out of love. Yeah, work out of love. And I think that is that is the important part um, that we can't forget. And when we're forgetful, that's why we commit to community. Mm-hmm. That's why we commit to being open. And thank God for his grace. Yeah, and we thank Jesus for his grace. So, um, brothers, I would love to hear just some encouragement that you have for for the listeners. I'll let you go, Liam. Okay. Um, one encouragement I have is... And this is for people who fall into my camp, people, and the pastor talked about how people who have followed Christ for a long time may become complacent in their faith, which is, complacency is dangerous. Um, but take heart. Loving is easier than duty. Mm-hmm. So, and our God, we have a generous God, a loving God. If what we what we ask for, he gives us. Those who ask for wisdom will receive it, but those who doubt will not receive. So don't don't ask and doubt. And the same is true with love. You ask for love, and God will give it to you. Right. If you ask to have joy in Him, to have delight in Him, He will provide that joy. Um. So, if that is something that you fear, you may be lacking in, like this church, I. I beseech you to beseech him. Yeah, that's so good. My encouragement is going to come from um, the solution of um, Revelation 2, um, verse 5, when it tells us to remember from where you have fallen, right? Um, You know, we can ask God for the grace to show us ourselves, right? Because, you know, Ruth, like you said earlier, we can see other people's faults, but it's always a little bit harder to see ours. So we can ask God for the grace to, to show us. If anything is not like you, Lord, show it to me. And change me. And then when he does that by his grace, we repent of of that that thing that caused our heart to to be cold. And then by his grace and his strength and his mercy, we return back to those first things, return back to our first love, who is Christ, because he first loved us. So that would be, you know, my encouragement because again, there's there's times, you know, in my life where I feel overwhelmed. And in feeling feeling that overwhelmed, I receive God's grace and I repent. Uh, of that, and I return to just do what he has called me to do in that moment. If I am to facilitate worship, that's what I'm called to do, and I need to be obedient in that, right? So by God's grace and his strength, knowing that I'm doing it for him, knowing that it's him who receives all the credit and glory, I do that thing. Mm, That's so good. That's so good, yeah. That takeaway of when we recognize we are functioning solely out of duty and we've lost our affection is to remember where we were previously, to repent of, of, of being dutiful but not loving towards God, and then to return to the things that we used to do Amen. when we felt affectionate towards Jesus and we walked in affection. Because I do, Liam made this very helpful point that it's not, an emo, it's not just an emotion. 
that we're trying to stir up because emotions are fleeting. And as anyone who has been married or has loved people continuously for a long time that they've been really close to, they know love is a choice. Mm -hmm. It's a choice that we make. Every day. Emotion is a great motivator, a bad leader. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Super helpful way um, to think about it. And so we, we recognize our emotions and we ask them for what they're trying to tell us. Um, but we don't make them Lord right. of all that we do. Um, and we don't think that's what, what Jesus is asking of this church right now. But we know that a life without true affection for Jesus will just make us a Pharisee. And it mm-hmm. will just make us um, almost like robots. Yeah. Like all I'm here is to do. There's many ways that God has us orient to him. And when I see myself as a daughter, I see myself beloved by the Father not what I can bring to my dad. Right. He is providing all that I need. That's right. So as we are kind of coming on a close, I would love for us to to pray um, for maybe Donovan to lead and then for Liam to close. Um, just for our listeners, as they're going into their Monday morning, we just want to encourage you to apply what you're learning. Um, do not be just a hearer of the word. We want you to be a doer of the word because that's what that's what God asks of us and, and that's what's, best for you um, is to, to walk with him and, and obey him. And so if you guys would pray that God would empower people to walk in obedience towards him. Absolutely. Um, let us pray. Um, dear Christ, uh, we love you. We honor you. We worship you. We thank you for your grace, um, Lord God. Uh, we want to thank you for everyone who's going to tune into this um, podcast, Lord God. And we just pray, Lord God, that you would um, Open up their hearts, open up their their minds and their eyes to see uh, where they have fallen short. See where they have put things over you, Lord God, and cause them to repent and to return to you, Lord God, and do what you have called them to do. Lord God, remind them of of the, the free gift of life that you have given them, Lord God, and stir up their affections for you, Lord God. Whatever it is, you know, we don't know, Lord God, but I pray that this... Um, podcast episode was a was a blessing to each individual that listen um, i pray that it's an eye opener lord god and i pray that they 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 grab hold of you um, knowing that it's you who actually has hold of them and they do what you have called them to do it's in christ's name we pray amen can give anyone who listens and us ears to hear um, eyes to see not to hear the words that donovan ruth or i have spoken but what you need for us to for us to understand what us to know uh let us love you deeper let our love be more full and more sincere protect us from our pride that we can work our way to heaven and uh, build a tower of babel that uh, treasures moths and dust destroy but our love for you is eternal and let us let us lean into that and hold us hold us close hold your children close to you be the glory amen amen uh brothers thank amen. you so much uh for your time and listener thank you so much for joining with us if you are enjoying this podcast please share it with your friends it's always an encouragement to hear other people who've been blessed by this Um, We hope that this is just an extension of what God is doing in your life and helping you um, love Jesus and live for him and glorify him in all that you do. Amen. Have an awesome 
rest of your day. Peace.